the Fox show, um, you're listening, you're tuning in in your car somewhere, you're watching, you're wondering who are these guys, you know, I stumbled on, Christopher Walken's on the show, I'm not sure, is he? Maybe. <laughs> What are you doing? My name is Connor Falk, and this is the What the Falk Show. You can find the What the Falk Show on iTunes, SoundCloud, and Stitcher. Each week, I have someone really interesting and entertaining come on the show. I interview them about their interesting and entertaining life, whether it's in entertainment, whether it's in sports, whether it's in education, whether it's in music, many different avenues and cultures I like to kind of dissect and talk to these people to try to provide our listeners with some boredom-filling time. Whether you're in traffic, whether you're at school, whether you're playing video games, whether you don't want to listen to your boyfriend or girlfriend. Either way, hopefully, I can provide some time where you can kind of zone out and listen to some interesting people talk about some interesting things. This this week, that interesting person is Bill Carroll. Bill Carroll is a consensus draft services director of HBCU Scouting International, and he's a Gridiron Network special contributor. So since the NFL draft is on Thursday, we're going to go ahead and get to this draft expert to come on the show. He's going to give us the ins and outs, the top prospects, the ones to look out for of this upcoming NFL draft. It only happens once a year. You have seven rounds of all players trying to achieve their dream of playing in the National Football League, and us as fans get to find out who these future stars are of our favorite teams. Hopefully, my Raiders make some good choices. Let's go ahead and call Bill right now. Hi, is this Bill Carroll? Hi, Bill. This is Connor Falk, and you're on the What the Falk Show. How the Falk are you doing? Well, first of all, I am ship-shaped in Dover fashion. I can whip my weight in Wildcat. Awesome. Okay, you're excited for that. And we got the NFL draft coming up, so we are. This is a big time for football, and especially for you, being the consensus draft services director of HBCU Scouting International and a Gridiron Network special contributor. You are the guy to talk about the NFL draft. You're an expert scout, and I'm really excited to get to pick your brain about these upcoming 2016 class. Well, I'm excited to get a chance to. Um, I don't talk draft anytime, any place, anywhere. Obviously, you do, and I follow you on Twitter. Obviously, we're, we're, uh, we're followers on Twitter or whatnot. And I get to see all the different insights that you have in the draft, whether it's a division one prospect or division two or all these different ideas and players who come on you kind of have a point of view that i think we all can uh, learn a lot from for these future stars of the nfl so we're gonna go ahead and get this started i'm going to ask you a few questions just kind of give us a preview of what to expect of this draft and uh, who are some players we can we want to look more into who are some players we can kind of worry about or so forth we're just going to go ahead and talk nfl sure. sports america we're, we're ready you ready to go i was born ready you were born ready i love it okay here we fucking go is there any first question are there any can't miss prospects in this draft is there anybody you know there's no andrew luck or Adrian Peterson in this draft, but are there any can't-miss prospects? There are players I would definitely have some drafts. Tom can't miss. He simply means nothing. Greg Cook was a can't-miss prospect, but, you know, tore up his rotator cuff. He sent the same injury that Drew Brees had, but unfortunately, 42 or three years before Drew Brees had it, when basically it was like almost like Civil War era surgery, they cut his entire shoulder open and poked around in there and tried to do what they could, but it's yeah. 72 or whatever, so he was never the same player. And David Carr. David Carr is one of the highest rated quarterbacks in terms of my personal ranking ever. Hmm. He was a bigger, stronger, better version of his little brother, Derek, who I think is about to be great. But unfortunately, he got beaten to death, essentially, or got close to it in his first couple of years playing for the Texans. If Joe Montana goes to a terrible team to become Joe Montana, is Archie Manning, Roger Staubach, if he goes to the Cowboys. Yeah. It's Roger Staubach, Archie Manning, if he goes to the Saints. Well, so, I'm sure when we say it probably helps Staubach, Staubach, the fact that he had four years from being in the military until he actually had to go to the Cowboys, so they were able to improve a little bit before he actually had to suit up. Yeah, yeah, and he had Craig Morton to fight. I mean, at one point, they literally were going in and out on each play, carrying and plays was crazy. But here's what I would say. Players like John Elway, players like Reggie White, 
players like Doug Atkins, like Lawrence Taylor, Jim Brown, there's a few players that you would almost have to go out of your way to ruin. You know, like, no matter how bad a coach you are, it'd be difficult to mess them up. But those guys are very, very rare. Those are 99 out of 100, you know, one percentile players. Mm-hmm. And there's not a single one of those players in the entire draft class. But are there guys who would be 6 percentile, 8 percentile kind of players? Yeah. And it's a little easier to mess those guys up because they aren't perfect or darn close to perfect, but yeah, they but they aren't as rare. I mean, I hear people sort of getting all warm and money about Jalen Ramsey. He'd be a very good player, yeah. But he'd be compared to people that were just far better than he was. Mm-hmm. He's not Ed Reed. He's not Deion Sanders. He's not, he's, a, he's not one of those guys who's an absolute knee-plus ultra, you have to go out of the way to mess him up kind of player. He's a good player. The quarterbacks are good, but yeah. so if you're looking for people who'd be really hard to mess up, Zeke Elliott, right? Zeke Elliott would be pretty hard to mess him up. Short of injury, I can't see him having anything left than at least a very, very good career. And some of the guys who I'll, I'll mention are guys who people tend to have rated in the top 10, 20, 30. I'll, I'll mention a guy who I think is going to have an extremely good career and probably, I mean, he's my dark horse to win the defensive rookie of the year is Javon Hargrave from South Carolina State University. Oh, okay. If he were from a pure or a bigger school, people would be just going nuts over him. Yeah. He's got everything you want, except he's maybe a little smaller than you want, but he's nowhere close to as small as a guy like he's bigger than Geno Atkins was coming out of Georgia. He's bigger than Aaron Donald was coming out of Pitt. And he's almost as athletic as yeah. those guys were. He's the best athlete, or one of the best athletes, actually. The best athlete at the position at the uh, free technique position, that's a kid from Ferris State named Justin Zimmer, who's a freak athlete. He's a better athlete than, than Robert Gendishi, but people don't know about him. Most people don't because he's from Division Two, but he's an amazing athlete. Yeah. Powerhouse. Yeah. You know, there's a kid that, you know, set all these weight room records and runs like a linebacker. You know, so, to get back to your, sort of the root of your question, this is a draft where you're more like picking the right kind of guy for what Okay, that's which is a good which is a good point of view from you because if you think about it today, the NFL is not just drafting the best players; it's drafting the best players for your system. So you know you have defensive backs who are only good in man to man versus cover two. You have receivers who are only good as being in the spread as opposed to being on the uh, too far out wide. You know they want to be in the slot. You have linemen who aren't as good at zone blocking as they are power blocking. So there's so many different things to go into. And as you're talking about, you know you have those fans like you know a lot of us where we're watching NFL.com and we see things. We only see like top thirty players. We see the same players' names continually recycled and mentioned and we miss out on all these players that are really going to be the ones who make the impact you know i think the biggest value you get is when you get a fourth round or fifth round guy who ends up being a, a complete starter and a pro bowler you know i know ezekiel Elliott is one of those guys i agree as well i'm really hoping the raiders draft him in 14 if he makes it would you say that the reason he's such a can't miss is not only because of his running ability but because of his pass blocking ability the thing that makes it so easy to fall so deeply in love with Elliott is that there's no thing you point to and say wow, he really has a lot of work on that. Everything that you look for, from not running to catching the ball with his hand to being a, he's a better, better blitz pickup, he's a better pass blocker now than 60% of the starting running backs in the league. Adrian Peterson can take notes from him. Wow. I mean, there's a lot of running backs who, who, who can learn from Ezekiel when it comes to that. That's the thing that you love about him is there's, he is so ready to do all the things you're about to ask to do. There's like, there a few things you can work on. You can polish the diamond a little bit, but there's no you gaping hole. When, when, when you think of Ezekiel Elliott, can you think of any player comparisons? Because off the top of my head, I think of really solid players. I think like like Robert Smith from the Vikings. I know he was never too good in terms of like Pro Bowls and Super Bowls, but I always remember how solid of a player he was. He was very, very good. Yeah. The only thing that kept Robert, Robert, two things. 
Uh, one, if he, you know, had an injury history way back in his time at Ohio State, mm-hmm. and, and he was even captain. Uh, he was blatant captain. He was a track star. But he was not as aggressive, you know, not as tough. This is a guy who was, you know, had a 3.6-something GPA in medical bio, so biotechnology, and he was a very black guy. Wow. He was worried about his brain. Yeah. Rightly so. So he was a down over 8,000 career rushing yards. It looked like he was trash. Mm-hmm. But he only played, only played eight years. Ezekiel uh, is tough, but not quite as fast. I mean, he's got a good second year, but not, not like Robert Smith. Mm-hmm. Robert Smith is a, but the people that come to mind are too, uh, for me are people like Roger Craig. Uh, I love it. I, w- I was Craig. just going to say Roger Craig. I wish I would have said that because you would have been like, oh, great. But Roger Craig, the one of the best receiving, uh, running and receiving running backs a college and ever. And he could block. And he could block. And yeah, and one of the, probably one of the most underrated and invaluable pieces of that Niners dynasty, wouldn't you say? Yeah. Yeah. Correct. Absolutely. So that's the person that sort of comes to mind for me. The ability to do, like I said, all the things you want to do. You don't have to take him off the field when... You have to pick up with You have to take him off the field if you want to go four or five wide. That's the great thing about him. Most of the other running back class, there's something you can play to say, wow, he's really good at this, 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 but he's really good to lock up on that. Yeah. For Ezekiel Elliott, there's no thing that you have to really worry about saying, I really got to Now, okay, what about, are there any kind of other players that fit any system, as we talked about earlier, players that you think are not system specific? Yeah, there's some guys who are not specific. Here's, here's some guys I'll throw out there. Some of them will be big names. Okay. Uh, I think there's a safety in the class who could play in literally any system. He can play free safety, he can play strong safety, he can play in the box, play deep half, he can play uh, deep third, play wherever you need him to play, and that's Kevin Bayard. He's from Milton, he's big he's 217 pounds, he runs extremely well, he brings up when he tackles. There's no, once again, no big giant hole in this game. Okay. Unlike most of the other safeties in the class, Von Bell is pretty good athlete, he can play deep middle, but and you know, you see him tackle in the hole. I mean, he's not he's not a terrific tackler. The great thing about Kevin Bayard is he's one of the most system diverse, scheme agnostic safety in the draft class. The other thing people talk more about him, one thing is the whole thing he's big, he's the right of the combine, which is a travesty. He's a terrific player, and people should know more about him. He's right up with you safety. And him, a guy who can play the line scrimmage, he can play deep, got good ball skill, cover, he can play strong, he can play free, so a, people complain about the safety class, but I, I think it's two things. One, is a lot of the best safeties are from big schools. They are from Texas, or USC, or Notre Dame, or, you know, a lot of these brand-name schools, but really good safety to the class from schools that maybe people don't pay enough attention. Mm. And, you know, Antonio Gibson, right, from Georgia Southern, Kevon Cartwright from, I'm not cut right, uh, uh, Frazier, sorry, Kevon Frazier from Central Michigan. There's a lot of good safeties who just aren't from I would think that the scouts and as well as the, the, the organization itself from these NFL teams, these third two NFL teams are thinking, why do I, if I can't, it's okay if I can't get Jalen Ramsey in the top five who does have some holes, only three career interceptions, as opposed to getting guys like you're mentioning in the second, third, fourth. I've heard about Carl's Joseph possibly being in the second. Again, as a Raider fan, I'm looking at all the safeties. I know that we're probably going to have to go there, but his size being a problem. Now, are there certain traits that you just won't take if a safety has them? Like, what are the main things that you're yeah. looking for? Okay. If, if a, two things, and maybe a whole school, but one, you know, what's the, what's the first word in the, in the first part of the word safe? safe. Mm-hmm. That means someone who does not get the 
those guys bite on the horns and bite on play action and get full flesh faces off. Again, playing safety, we use the word safe, right? So think about security. When you are a defensive lineman, it's like being a bodyguard. You guard, you guard is one thing right. And linebacker is like you patrol, pull the block. Play corner, okay, it's like the store on the block. Not the block, but you guard this particular store on the block. Mm-hmm. When you play safety, you have a bunch of monitors, and you're monitoring the entire city. Yeah. It's completely different mindset. And you don't have a safety mindset, it might be possible to get it, but it takes a while. You're not going to run out of the well, it's it sounds like some valuable advice that you're giving us about the NFL draft. Now, you know, it sounds like Jalen Ramsey is pretty risky then, which kind of brings me to the next question. Who are the biggest risk reward prospects in this draft? Like their ceiling, I mean, you know, obviously Robert Ndiche is one of those you hear about. Their ceiling is incredibly high, but their floor is incredibly low. So it's really a coin toss. You're really hoping they pan out. Who are some players that fit that bill? And I think it's got to be interesting because sometimes you have the disconnect where you have obviously GMs, NFL people working in the NFL organization who who they have to worry about their job. They need to win now. The coaches, people like that, they need to win now. They can't worry about a few years down the line. Whereas, you know, a player like Jalen Smith or Miles Jack could pay off dividends. It just might not be for a year or two where they won't even be there anymore. So there's so much motivation that goes into it. That's what I'm saying to me about fans and quote unquote draft Twitter is when they just say, oh, you know, so we might just. 's it's the so, human side of football right that yeah. people don't really think about as fans people watch hard knocks they watch NFL live and they don't think about the lives these people are these people have families they have people they have to answer to they have bills so you know when I you know and I just think as a Raider fan why aren't we getting free agents well why would people want to come to Oakland first off if we don't have a, a, st- a stable organization why would they want to come to a bad stadium they don't want to live in Oakland you know and you got to think someone coming to California you know I was looking at that when I when I looked at it, they had a study saying or, or uh, some papers saying about how cam Newton with the Super Bowl being in California actually would have lost money from his game check just because of the taxes. So you can't tell me that it's not going to be more attractive for someone to go to Florida, you know, a team in Florida or Texas, as opposed to going to a really expensive place like California, because they they have to worry about their living expenses, their life. And and, and not only players, even players who play for other teams, build homes in Florida or Texas, and then now they declare their primary residence. Yeah. You know? Yeah. (laughs) 
Yeah, there's nobody. Absolutely. Because they're going to be there already for spring training and it's just cheaper. So, that, you know, we'll be there for the few months that we're playing baseball. But otherwise, you know, homestead for us is going to be Florida. So I can certainly understand that. Now, and I keep bringing up the Raiders. I'm sorry. I'm biased. But the, one of the things that we've made a change noticeably is once, you know, I mean, starting with that first draft with, with Bergstrom is yeah. character, is getting guys who have a background and yeah. have a support system in their families. And and obviously the Raiders have gotten better yeah. since then. You mentioned Derek Carr. You mentioned David and Derek Carr, which is great. I'm from Bakersfield, California. Football is huge oh. there. It's one of the biggest parts of our society. Everyone, we all start playing when we're, you know, seven. And then we, we all play till high school. Right. It's one of those things. And as you know, football, I can't think of anything that teaches better character to young kids other than playing football yeah. when you're in two a days at 10 years old and it's 110 and you you know that you can't quit and you're there to work it teaches you a lot about responsibility yeah. and respect for your teammates and things like that so if i ever am yeah. a father oh, yeah. my son is yeah yeah all of them yeah darren David, is yeah and, and we, we certainly understand football it's one of those things it's a big deal for us and and i was very happy to see derek you know not only come to the raiders which is crazy but how good a guy he is you know you can tell he's a leader you can tell he can oh. he can help these young guys oh. improve and, and tough as nails people don't You know what's I mean, painful to me? You know what's painful to me, Bill, is uh, when I don't get to eat pizza. And speaking of pizza, the sponsor of the What the Falk Show, Ferris Pizza, the best pizza for the best price with the most love in it, located in Bakersfield, Bakersfield, California. So anyone out there in Bakersfield, go ahead and check out Ferris now. And speaking of, we talked about some QBs, so it's the most important position to the media in the draft. So let's go ahead and talk about this quarterback class. Um, You know, we got Goff and Wentz, one and two. It it seems pretty likely that, you know, it looks like Goff will go first, Wentz will go two. Personally, and again, I'm not the scout you are, not even close, but uh, I would never try up for either of these guys. Do you do you like these quarterbacks well, as much? I could not agree more. Yeah. <laughs> I could not agree more. These are, you keep thinking people are going to learn from the ponder, locker, you know, all these, yeah. the manual. You can think it's going to learn, like some quarterbacks are guys who that come from you. You don't, you don't do anything special to get to them. Mm-hmm. These are not bad quarterbacks. Don't get me wrong. These are guys, I think both of those guys, the first two names, are guys that could be long-term starters. They got superstars, but long-term starters, they're not guys you rearrange for entire draft to get. Yeah. They're not. Well, do you, okay, I, I would have to think, oh, yeah. in, in my point of view, the Rams traded up to number one to get a QB, but also because Jeff Fisher is worried about his job. And more importantly, oh. if the Rams oh. get the number one pick, they 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 own the, the draft. You know, coming to Los Angeles, you know, they're going to have hard knocks. They got the number one pick. I think it was as much a media grab as it was anything else to get all the PR. Okay, well, who are your top five QBs on the board? And just so you know, my sure. number one QB on the board, even though, again, I'm not a professional or anything, Personally, for me watching football my whole life, my number one QB on the board is another quarterback out of Stanford. So I, I want to know if he's number t- is he, if he's in your top five. And I'm just wondering who does Bill Carroll think are the best QBs he's, in this draft? He's, he's, he's my number seven or eight. Okay. He's another guy. Got, I mean, I'm a Virginia guy. He's a Northern Virginia guy. Yeah. High character, tough kid, pretty yeah. good athlete. His passing mechanics are in time, in need of work. Okay. Uh, he, he, his release is a slow one. Uh, his release is a low one. Slow and low is not a good combination for quarterbacks in the NFL. Okay. Uh, he makes himself, in essence, two to three and a half inches shorter. Like, he, he, 
you know, almost he's like six foot three, but he's really more like five eleven three quarters because of his passing motion. Ooh, interesting. Interesting that you you point out how much mechanics make how much mechanics matter and how they can actually make you shorter in the pocket based on how you present yourself. So yeah. really interesting. So who are you who are your top five QBs? Who's number one? Uh, well, yeah, I mean, I, I, I've been a golf number one guy all the way along, and personally, um, he's a self-made, like some of those kids from that area, you know, Bismarck talks about a self-made kid, built himself up, grew, literally grew, I mean, he was a very scrawny, skinny kid when he was in high school, developed more physically, um, I mean, I think of him as a bigger, stronger version of a guy like Sage Rose himself. Love you know, it, Yeah. In the right situation, if surrounded by enough talent and brought along slowly, he win football game. Yeah. Probably, even a lot of them if he's in the right situation. Mm-hmm. But he's not a guy like Peyton Manning to drop on a terrible team and in a couple of years you're continuing for Super Bowl trade, you know, where you drop on a terrible team and start to rebuild the culture and in two or three years you're continuing for Super Bowl. Yeah. Not that, none of the quarterbacks, frankly, are that guy in this class. Uh, but are there talented kids in this class? Yes. And so, I'll give you uh, a guy that is my number five that fights nobody else number five in America, but, me, but his name is Matty Johnson, Matt Johnson, and from Bowling Green State University. Okay. And he does, he makes throws and does things. Look at his team. He makes really challenging throws. And he, in, in his deep ball accuracy, people like Carson Wentz and deep ball, he's the best deep ball thrower in this class, but he's six foot tall. Shorter than 25 pound kid hmm. coming out of Bowling Green University in the Buffalo area originally yeah. named Matty Johnson. Um, that's the kid who can throw the best deep ball in this whole backlight. Pretty too. Matty Johnson's a great, great, great quarterback. He's been short and he plays at Bowling Green. And you have to think that that coaches who understand who can grow quarterbacks, you got to think what you got to think the um, the Saints come to mind in terms of a guy like Matty Johnson. I know yeah, that Garrett Grayson, right. well, but in well, terms, well, look, look, look at the Saints coaches, right? Yeah, who I saw play when he was a, a very good uh, undersized collegiate quarterback and a guy who did win. Yeah, his only start during his replacement Bears. Yeah, uh, so he's a one zero undefeated as a starting quarterback in the NFL during the, the uh, during the lockout. Sean Payton, right? Yeah. I. Chin and three quarters, right? Yeah. Very good college quarterback. He, he realizes there's ways, he knows how to evaluate the ways a shorter quarterback can manipulate the pocket and win. And if you want to see the best connection of feet, eyes, and arms in all of football, the guy who connects with the pass mechanically, and he has to, obviously, it's true reason. Yeah. He can't ever get sloppy, right? When yeah. you're a six feet Navy quarterback, you're going to do everything right. That's, the, that's why people don't like the guys who don't mark the football because they know the margin for error drops as you get smaller and smaller and smaller as a quarterback. But there are guys who overcome it every year. And one of the guys I'm telling you to look out for who's going to overcome it if you get even half a shot is Matty Johnson. Okay, Matty um, Johnson out of Bowling Green. Yeah, Dak Prescott is a project. Uh, I, I hear some of the comparisons once again with him and uh, some of the little silly. He is so not candy. Uh, oh, no way. Cam Newton is at a conference, position, and ethnic background. And that's the Yeah, like, that's... Yeah. I mean, he is a good athlete. He's nowhere near the elite level athlete that can You know, a lot of these guys are backup, quite frankly. Yeah, uh, Connor Cook like, yeah. is an interesting guy, but his trait... Yes, well, first of all, he has no super trait. And it possibly scares me. 
Nothing with Hackenberg and Hunter. I don't worry too much about some of the other noise about those two guys. Did, did Hackenberg kind of throw his new coach step under the bus? Kind of, sort of. He's a kid. He, he didn't throw him way under the bus. He threw him kind of towards the bus. And Connor Cook's not a, not a big effing deal. There were a lot of great leaders on that team. And, you know, he doesn't get the votes. And, you know, he's kind of a clickish guy who was really close to some of his teammates, but frankly, not all that close to some of his teammates. Okay. Connor Cook can do certain things at a very high level, but. The problem is, and this is the problem with a lot of guys who have a good arm, but think they have a great arm. There's nothing more dangerous than a guy who has a good arm, but thinks he has a great arm to the it's also how you talked about Ray Lewis, how, you know, the difference between him and Miles Jack, so many differences already. I can I couldn't even imagine how people can compare Patrick Willis and Miles Jack or Ray Lewis and Miles Jack. But, you know, they knew yeah. contact. They tackled in the middle. They were doing that their entire career. They didn't just start doing that in the pros. Every day. Every day. A guy like Connor Cook and oh. Christian Hackenberg aren't accurate. They, if they're not going to be accurate in college where they're only they have a few feet in between receivers, it's a lot easier. How are they going to make consistent NFL throws where they have an inch here, an inch there, and they're about to get knocked in, in the face? You know? Richard Sherman is lining up on your receiver. Exactly. Waiting. Exactly. Oh, he's already planning a touchdown celebration. So, <laughs> Absolutely. So, so there are. It seems like this is so a draft you, where backups. It seems like this is a majority. It seems like maybe if anybody does start, it's yeah. Goff and Wentz, and then everyone else is a backup going on. And hopefully, I like to hear more about this Matty Johnson guy. I'm rooting for him already. Being a shorter guy, I'm rooting for him to do something. You know, I was rooted fun, for. Man, he is fun to watch. It all comes down to the situation. You know, so if Matty Johnson goes to Kansas City or goes to a place where, or he or goes to a place where they understand how to work with a player like he's not six foot five, yeah, you know, Kansas City would be interesting. There's certain teams that get it. Yeah. I can definitely see him thriving somewhere like that because Alex Smith. I've I've never been a big Alex Smith guy. I, I mean, the system obviously perpetuates his ability to go ahead and. and survive in the NFL. I've never seen him exa- exactly make plays that he made on his own that, that are just elite superstar plays, but he's in a good system. You know, he's, he, yeah. he can do what's asked of him and he can win some games. The, the, with- the, 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 the manager. Yeah. That's exactly what he is. You know, I think being from Bakersfield has been helpful to me in how I see football because you just watch enough and you play enough to where you see, okay, these are the traits that make people successful in the game. These are the kind of traits that make them successful. When I see a track athlete like Robert Griffin III, who's throwing a lot of balls out of the shotgun, who has a five-step drop, who's who's doing a lot of bootlegs, I don't see necessarily the kind of moves and the things that I would think make you an NFL quarterback. So I certainly wasn't that big on him. I hope Hugh Jackson brings him back. Hugh Jackson is a great coach. He was for the Raiders. He's been around a long time. I think he's certainly going to have some ability. Appreciate you coming on the show, man. You've, you've been able to get a lot of insight on the NFL draft and uh, it's even more you've even more cemented the idea in my mind that I know of how good you are at this just from seeing your your Twitter to now uh, you really know what you're talking about and I fucking appreciate you taking the time so just the last thing I'm going to ask you maybe I'll just two more questions one I'll ask you who who is your rookie of the year offense prediction and you, you said a little bit defense but who are your rookie of the year predictions for offense and defense yeah. for this draft Dark horse, like half of the second guy who is sort of my and I I'll love it. You want. I love it. He is so ready right out of the box. Sort of like we talked about with Zeke. He, he can do everything. He blocks. He's strong. He's fast. Uh, the only thing he isn't is big. I mean, in terms of height, he's 193 pounds and like 5 to 8. But he's pound for pound one of the strongest players. And the guy, I think it's on 15, 17 mid at 193 pounds. He's a very strong wide receiver. Stronger than a lot of the bigger wide receivers than that. Mm. Explosive, smart. Uh, super high character, and you don't have to throw the ball way down the field to get a big play with John Shepard. Similar with Antonio Brown. Remember, Antonio Brown was a sixth round selection, people, because 
not the biggest guy in the world. Once you get 100, you know, between 179 and 187 pounds, but from what time you caught him during the year, but 180-ish pounds, five, once again, five, ten and eight, right? Man, four, five, seven at his pro day, which doesn't mean that many people were excited. Yeah. Uh, but, so, yeah, obviously Shepard's a better athlete. He's been stronger, stronger and better athlete. Mark's less than but you can do it all. He can line up outside and run past people. He can run terrific routes, interior, not a big over the middle. Very good blocker for his side. There's nothing you can't do with Sterling Shepard. The only limit to his production is your imagination. Yeah, I'm going to go back to Javon Harvard. I really believe he's going to be one of the best defensive players in the entire class. Yeah, it's what sounds like it. Okay, so, so my last question, just real quick. Who do you think, as um, from your scouting perspective and all the people you talk to, who do you think my Raider is going to take at 14? Personally, I think Sheldon Rankins is their, is their go-to if he's there. I love that guy at, at Louisville. Or Ezekiel Elliott. Or trade back. Because in the second round, that's exactly who I want us to go to. In the second round, Sterling Shepard. He reminds me a lot of Golden Tate, who I was in love with coming out of school. Could do anything and everything and do it at a high level. We finally got to see that when he was in a system that, that perpetuated his abilities. You know, Sterling Shepard in the second. Carl Joseph in the second. You know, what do you think the Raiders are going to do uh, with the 14th pick? What if Brady Hargrave somehow makes them care? Yeah. I would run to the podium to make that selection. I would knock people down. Okay. Oh, I would even put me up my head to, to make that selection. If he's somehow there, you know, don't think, don't sneeze, don't, you know, don't wipe your nose. Just make the selection. <laughs> just head over there. Okay, well, that's good. I hope he makes it. I mean, that's a, yeah. It wouldn't surprise me if they got another weapon for for Derek Carr. I mean, we're, it seems. I mean, it's hard for me to imagine because I've been a fan my whole life. So I had the great times in the early two thousands and everything. But then for fourteen years, thirteen or fourteen years, they've just been awful. So it's it's hard for me to be like excited. Like I'm worried about something. I just feel like it's it's. I'm just worried. I feel like something's going to happen, and all of a sudden we're going to go back to where we were. But if they get a piece on offense, like a Sterling Shepard or Coleman, it seems like we might be one piece away from being a legit playoff team. I agree with you. This is a team on the break. And the craziest part for me is it started with Khalil Mack, who I actually, two years ahead of time, like the year before, two years before, I was like, wow, this guy from, I hear about this guy from Buffalo, like first in the video game, then I hear about this guy from Buffalo, he can, he can ball. And then I watched the Ohio State game the next year, and I'm telling all my friends, I'm like, dude, this guy Khalil Mack, if we could somehow get him on the Raiders, that would be legit, he is great. And then the first time in 21 years of fandom, we actually take the guy that I was hoping for for two years, and I was like, oh my God, please be good. And then we get Bako's own Derek Carr in the second round, who you knew had incredible ball skills, and how he could how he could uh, just flip it so uh you know i from years of bad luck you know my lakers suck now they're terrible the dodgers are the dodgers but now the raiders are the team that might actually be able to provide me with a lot of happiness it's it's interesting yeah. it's just the way it's what the fuck you know <laughs> but uh bill i've had you on for a while now dude i really appreciate you taking the time and i really like just talking fo- football with you man you definitely know what you're talking about and it was really good to get to your experience and your background with all these players and coaches you've discussed things with i i think the listeners on this show normally i work in entertain myself so i have a lot of people in front and behind the camera on the show i was really happy to take the time to have a scout like yourself on i think you've certainly enlightened some of the listeners bill i appreciate it man let's uh hope i hope you have a great draft weekend and let's hope that uh, both our teams make some strides and some of these players that you know you believe so much in i hope they get the opportunity they deserve so they can go ahead and and be great nfl guys some of them won't unfortunately but i'll use four or five to get their shot we'll be talking about them for years to come absolutely man i'll continue to follow you on twitter and we'll continue to you know share some uh, ideas and thoughts on football and i look forward to possibly having you on again man so thank you mr carroll Okay, you too. Have a great evening. So that was Bill Carroll. He's the Consensus Draft Services Director of HBCU Scouting International and a Gridiron Network Special Contributor. As he said, he's also 
work for a lot of other different websites writing his articles and you can tell if you're listening the guy knows his football he's got names that i'd never heard of that he's bringing up and talking about he was able to give us some information on the, on the raiders and the rams and those teams that you know we all kind of follow here in california really appreciated a guy really knows his stuff and uh i'm at least going to be able to pay attention i'm certainly going to check out this maddie johnson guy from bowling green seems like a quarterback who could do something so if bill says he's someone you need to look out for i'm definitely going to check it out i appreciate you listening to the what the falk show i'm connor falk is your host producer creator you can find me on soundcloud itunes and stitch each week I have interviews with people from a variety of different avenues and cultures, whether from entertainment, from sports, from education, from health, whatever I can do that I can use social media and just in general, this show to meet some great people and get to pick their brain about what they do. I love it. And I'm hoping that I added some uh, some fun minutes to your day. So uh, you have a great Falcon day. You have a great Falcon morning, great Falcon evening. Have a great Falcon time. I'm Connor Falcon. I'll talk to you Falcon next week. Thank you for listening.